0: There's our signal. It's official. All right, folks, that's the signal that it's time for straight talk. It's your opportunity to call in with any questions that you might have on the faith. You can call 877 795 Again, the number is 877 795 Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. So I think we just made Father nervous. Good morning, <laughs>
1: Father. Good morning. I was curious when I was on. Was it November the second Tuesday, or I'm scheduled here yep, in the yep, fall? Yep, you, okay. are, you are.
0: Wow, he's got a radio voice. Yes,
2: he's great. He's awesome.
0: Well, thank you, Father Wensing, for joining us this it's morning. How was the drive to
1: be up? Beautiful. One of the beautiful fall days or late summer days yeah. that we have not seen enough of this year but uh, everything coming up the the clear clarity all the way over browns valley and and the cattle out uh, on the grass it was just so beautiful
0: i don't you know and i had the opportunity to spend the night last night up here and I think I'm just going to stay.
1: <laughs> <I think laughs> that view I'm just stay to the forever. east is incredible, huh?
0: <laughs> well, folks, it's your opportunity to call in with a question that you might have. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Again, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or you can also submit questions on Facebook. We already have a caller on the phone, and we're going to go to Joe. Are you with us?
1: Yes.
3: And your question for us? This Hello.
0: Morning
1: good morning
3: good morning Um, well my heart desire is that I would be able to receive communion on my knees at a communion rail like my older sisters and brothers were able to do and I wondered if you foreseen that ever happening again for us that um, post Vatican II I know that's a like loaded question for you. <laughs> yeah, but God. um I'm, I'm just wondering if, if you ever foresee that happening. And I, and I know because the canon laws that we are, you know, able to get down on our knees, um and receive right now, but I would take too long to get back up. <laughs> so I would appreciate just, uh, having the communion rail it again to be able to do that. So just wondering your thoughts on that. <laughs>
1: Well, we're waiting for uh, two bishops in the uh, state of South Dakota, Rapid City Diocese and Sioux Falls Diocese, and they sometimes set the uh, permissive uh, areas uh, to uh, uh, vary in, in in church architecture, et cetera. But I go back to the most ancient tradition, uh, having studied in Rome, getting my degree in scripture, I attended many papal masses at St. Peter's as well as St. Paul outside the walls and other, all the other major basilicas. And as far as I know, since they were built, uh, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds and centuries and centuries ago, people stood uh, coming to communion. And I remember helping Holy Father distribute communion in those great basilicas. So some of the traditions that we, our grandparents and I too, in Little Church of Blessed Sacrament at the Communion Rail, some of that was... uh, More rural development, or came out of Germany and or Ireland, Uh, not always uh, true in Rome and down through the ancient history to the present day. So, it's uh, I know there's Mm -hmm. always personal preference. So we'll see what the uh, the new bishops say when they come to the state of South Dakota. Now I can't speak for Minnesota or North Dakota, but I know we wait two bishops uh, Mm -hmm. here.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, Joe. I just got back from a trip overseas to Russia. And how they receive in Russia is different than how we do here. And I, I had an opportunity to visit um, some Eastern Orthodox churches, which are um, very similar, come from the same trunk of the Catholic Church. And they don't even have pews in their churches over there. So it's an interesting interesting variation between different um, regions. Does that
3: answer yeah, your question, I jo? guess I... Um, Yes. Yes and does. no. Yes. <laughs> but I, not in the way that I wanted you to answer the question, obviously. But um, I, I just it breaks my heart when I see people um, going up and just kind of and young people especially and just kind of throwing their arms hither and thither and just not. Um, I don't feel that they really know what they're receiving, and um, having been the youngest of ten. And coming from a devout family i feel that what set them apart was being on their knees and really knowing what who they were receiving and so that's where i was coming from you know that so that's where i'm coming from Some <laughs> so i'm people, not saying that we still aren't receiving jesus when we walk up but right. that that set us apart from the other churches and 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 that so i mean it, you know but i i haven 't been everywhere like you have been, so
1: well, the heart you have a something behind those words or desires which is very apropos, which is reverence or lack of reverence for the Eucharist mm-hmm. and we uh, We suffer through watching lack of reverence in in the world as well as American society, as you said with the youth. But it's especially, it doesn't seem to be apparent to me in my Sunday Masses because I have my regular people who have been trained to bow and they have the option of receiving Mm -hmm. on the tongue or in the hand. Mm -hmm. I have a problem Mm -hmm. when we have funerals and weddings Mm. because we have people who come that's the only time they come to church. Maybe at Christmas, uh, maybe not. But they all come to the wedding and funeral, and they expect they can receive. I mean, I always announce before communion, uh, you need to be a practicing Catholic and belief in the real presence of Jesus. Otherwise, cross your arms, and we'll be happy to give you a blessing. And most do that, but I always mm-hmm. tend to see several people just flippantly come up, and you could tell they're chewing gum and they oh. hold out their hands, and I. Yeah. And I I just have Uh. to pause and, uh, and ask them, first of all, to get rid of the gum. But then I watch them. Because sometimes I don't even know if they're, when they receive in the hand, if they're going to go back to the pew and not receive. It's only been rare. It was maybe 10 years ago when I was in Sioux Falls, another time when I was in Vermilion, and one time here in Watertown where I had to follow the person because I saw they went into the pew with the host in their hand and sat down, and I had no idea if they were going to then consume it or put it in their pocket. So I followed them and said, You must give me back uh, the host or Jesus. I said, uh, uh, or consume it right now. And I've had a few, you could tell they were kind of lost and they gave it back to me. And then a few, I had them stick it in their mouth real quick. And even that I wasn't satisfied with, but at least uh, there was the proper... The, the reception was happening, and I had to protect the Eucharist from desecration. So there's wow. a lot of things that are always going on, this lack of reverence. Yeah. I mean, it can happen if a, a person wants to come in and kneel down right. and pre- pretend, especially right. if there's a cult out there and they're trying to get uh, the blessed host right. for, for some kind of a seance. All right. Well, thank right. you, Joe,
3: for right. your question. I think well, we could talk yeah. about this and, for quite a God while. And God bless well <laughs> and i want to no. say god bless you father for following yes. him and thank you heaven smiled at you for sure <laughs> okay bye-bye
0: <laughs> thank you joe so much for your call again this is straight talk it's 877 if you want to join in the conversation it's 877 and you can submit any questions that you might have on facebook also so we have lance is on the line lance are you with us Yes, and you have a question. Yes for us. I am
2: I got father. How do I know the difference between when pride is sinful and it's not necessarily pride but a necessity or something that is a demand that is needs to be kept up um <laughs> You know what i mean I mean like I mean for example, like I'm on a motorcycle or a car or a pickup that is nicer or newer than absolutely necessary, or whatever type of possession or article one could you know could
1: insert into that question or does that make sense? well uh, you know the, the, it's a queen you, you brought up the uh, the king of the seven capital sins you know pride and it's really really difficult to examine someone else's conscience but uh, what there is uh, uh, we do have uh, the right to the rewards of our labors but uh, you take into consideration you know I need transportation uh, and I do use it for multiple purposes I'm generous about giving people rides and helping them with hauling things uh, you know it's maybe sometimes more about the generosity of what you have rather than the quality of the car or the pickup. But on the other hand, you know, you, you have to say, did I, uh, I would say, if pride says I'm going to borrow money and and put myself very out there on the, on the limit uh, of payments every month, well then, you know, you have a uh, maybe a selfishness and a pride uh, that are combined because you want this uh, more than with that is uh, within your means or reward for your labor, okay. you know. Okay.
2: Doesn't some of it have to do with utility too? If if we're getting a, yeah. a, 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 a vehicle and we need it for work, for what have you, and yet the the simple utility of it is at a base, a level, and yet, we want to go twice as much as that because it looks so much nicer, mm-hmm. has that, mm-hmm. that, that greater package, while my neighbor, my neighbor is, is is has a broken down jalopy. Would that be considered prideful, you know? I think sometimes pride also not only has to do with us, it's how we treat our neighbor as well. Yeah. Does
0: that answer your question,
2: oh, yeah, I think, that, Yeah. Pretty much, yeah, and it was, it was not, I was not trying, I'm not, I'm asking for myself more as, more than looking at
1: somebody else, that's just to make sure, you know what I, that's okay. Right, right. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you for your question this
2: morning. Good question.
1: Thank
0: you very much. All right, folks, this is Straight Talk. This is your opportunity to call in with questions that you might have for a local priest about issues on faith, current events, whatever you might come up with. We'll give it a whirl. Our phone number is 877 795 Again, the number is 877 795 or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. All right, the phones are busy this morning, Father. You must be popular. We've got another caller. Lucia, Lucia, is that, how do you pronounce, Lucia, Yeah, are you on the line with us? Yeah. All right, so you have a question this morning. What have you got for us? I heard that for the sacrament of
3: confirmation, the bishop used to slap the person. Is that true?
1: And
2: why was that? <laughs> well, wait a minute. Are you saying that because you're a little bit concerned? Because you're going to be con- <laughs> confirmed
1: soon? <laughs> no, I've no, already been
2: oh, oh, you have. Okay. You've already been confirmed. Good
1: okay. Well, uh, yes, there was a... It really was more as a, a tap. I was fifth grade when they were confirmed, and, I, and it was uh, in, in the old church, and I remember the bishop uh, just kind of with the four fingers tapped me on the side of the head uh, at the conclusion. But it it, it actually... Uh, it goes back to a tradition of uh, uh, almost with the uh, soldiering and boot camp where uh, maybe you've seen uh, this on uh, television or boot camps or the, the knighthood to be a knight. You had to be able to uh, withstand torture and punishment and learn how to turn the other cheek when necessary, that you're a man of courage, uh, but also of peace. And that you were willing and ready to be a soldier for Christ. So it was from that old tradition of military. And it wasn't a part of the essential rite of confirmation, which is the laying on of hands and the anointing with sacred chrism, uh, which the bishops do now by putting his, usually his forehand on top of the forehead and with his thumb, uh, anoints you on the forehead with the sacred chrism. So I haven't seen this for years unless some do it it's it's kind of a what we call a holy tradition uh to remind those being confirmed they're fully initiated into the church as uh, the equivalent of an adult of the faith and they're supposed to be ready to defend it to the death
0: i love it
2: i did not know that that's great great.
0: (laughs) does that answer your question lucia yeah all okay. right. Thank you. Well, that's interesting. Choice. I love this. You never know what you're going to get. You never know. <laughs> Folks, there is still time to call in. We have kind of shifted our straight talk this morning. We're going to go through 10, 10 a.m. this morning, central time. Um, so you still have time to call in with any questions that you might have. 877 7950122 877 seven nine five zero one two two or you can submit any questions that you might have on facebook so we have a listener that didn't want to be on the air but wants to ask the church's position on ghosts and spirits do we believe in ghosts and spirits Well... Raised eyebrows from Father. uh, Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I I jumped to Halloween traditions right away, but it's uh, obviously uh, that's not our main uh, Catholic uh, faith and Christian culture. But yes, we do believe... In uh, um, that there are, we say, spirits or demons, even, but good good spirits, the angels, and the and uh, but the uh, evil spirits too, or the, the minions of of Satan. You know the Saint Michael prayer, the famous prayer. You know mm-hmm. against temptation and then cast away all uh, evil spirits uh, that seek to ruin souls in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean in, in practical sense? Uh, you know. I go back to Halloween does that mean a house can be haunted Uh, it's uh, you know those questions from Halloween we don't really uh, jump on that right away anything that needs to be investigated by the church a lot of times it might involve an exorcism it's related to a a person who might have been into devil worship with the occult or something took place that allowed uh, Satan uh, into that uh, presence of that person and sometimes that presence of the person you know that occupied a house, turns to be uh, 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 an influence uh, in that space for some time. I've been invited. I don't have the right of exorcism. A bishop now in these days, as opposed to the old days, has to appoint a special person to be the exorcist of the diocese. But all priests can perform minor exorcisms. And one of the things to do is to bless the house with holy water. And I have been called out a number of times when the odd things were happening in the house. They bought a house, an old house. I've had People come with their families, my children are scared, things are happening, doors are slamming and they say a different uh, uh, phenomenon, is there anything you can do about it, Father? And I says, well, have you ever had your house blessed? No. I said, I will come with blessed holy water. It's called minor exorcism and then, uh, you know, be gone, Satan. You bless the house, you bless all entries and exits with with holy water. And I have to say to this day, uh, those houses I bless, no one has ever come back to say it didn't work. Most have come back with "thank you," saying, "We're resting in peace now. We're sleeping. My kids are sleeping," and it's it's. And I have no idea what the history of that house was and the former owners or what happened. But usually, something gave permission for the presence. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing.
2: I, I see that oftentimes, and I've been invited as a, as a deacon to bless homes, and or bless fields things like that i think Mm -hmm. that's a wonderful tradition within the church and and a means of grace correct means of of grace
1: i love it and of protection you're you're trying to put an aura of god's grace around the field the house the automobile so that the the demonic does not have an route into the
2: abbey we do that we do that about twice a year here at the abbey well that was my
0: next question is if your house has already been blessed can you should you have it blessed more than once how often can we talk a little bit about
1: that well, if you have a lot of traffic, you know, Abby, you have a lot of traffic and of, of all kinds, and you have people that come off the road and, and that uh, you really don't know about. their they're a little off centered. You don't know if they've you know had <laughs> been yeah. under the influence of outside forces. Yeah. And I could see why in a retreat center you'd really do that with typically have a home. But sometimes homes hosts a lot of guests, or whenever some odd phenomenon like uh, we had some people over and there was something that wasn't right. Uh, With a person and the talk just seemed like there was something evil and it's it's almost left with an evil uh, uh, aura about that person. Yes a good time to re-bless the house because in case they brought the presence with them
2: Mm -hmm. One of the Benedictine traditions is to welcome others as Christ Mm -hmm. to welcome others as Christ and it doesn't necessarily mean everybody that's coming into the Abbey or our homes is Christ either and and so, uh, a blessing of your home, I think, is a beautiful. We bless our children. We bless ourselves. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Well, folks, we are still in the middle of straight talk. Um, the phone number to call in with any questions that you might have is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Again, the number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We, if you call in with your question, we're going to hold you over through our break. We're taking a break here in just a minute. And then we'll get to your question after the break. Again, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. And we have a listener's question that is—I'm going to let Father read during our quick break here—and um, then we'll get to that question afterwards. But there's still time; we're going to go till ten after. And if you wanted to call in with your question, you can do that. Eight seven seven. We're going to be right back with more Straight Talk with Father Michael Wensing. We'll be right back.
2: This is Real Presence Live where the devil is dumb, Christ is king, and the Catholic faith is taking the place of secular living as the lifestyle of choice.
0: And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll.
2: And Deacon Paul Trinan here, and we're. Father Michael Wensing. Yep, yeah, broadcasting at the Abbey of the Hills with our guest, Father Mike Wensing. Thank you, Father, for joining us.
0: And we are in the middle of Straight Talk. It's our segment where our listeners get to call in with questions or submit questions on Facebook. Uh, the phone number to call in is 877 122 Again, 877 877- seven nine five zero one two two and you can submit your questions we have quite a loaded question up next i wanted to give father the opportunity to read it before we get it on the air it's a loaded question father listener wanted to know um if father would address uh, a legal situation in del rapids um a hearing has been noticed for September 23rd at the Minnehaha County Courthouse that a parents of a 13-year-old girl are petitioning the court to change the child's gender marker from male, female to male. Um, the problem is there is no such thing as gender marker in South Dakota state law. The term gender marker itself seems to have arisen only in the last couple of years in reference to discussions about changing the designation Of sex on official documents. So basically, um, it's opening up a whole new can of gender status worms (laughs) that the state hasn't touched on. Um, Anything that you'd like to address when it comes to something like that?
1: Some of these legal terms are are, are new to me. They're finding loopholes. Many, many people. I can reflect on a workshop we just had at the diocese. The diocese sponsored the Ruhal Institute to come in and uh, talk about gender dysphoria and how we handle it in our parishes, in our Catholic schools, in our catechetical situations. I mean, first they started with the theology of the body that we know it says in Genesis, male and female, he created them in his image. He created them. He says we could never lose sight of that identity and gender God gives in the beginning how to handle it. He said, well, several things when it comes to the legal side, uh, where, uh, like for instance, if this case went through and this person happened to be in a Catholic school 13 and they wanted to change it on their birth certificates, et cetera, we cannot change it on church records. Um, uh, we cannot, uh, go other than what they were born, the sex they were born with uh, male or female biologically. And, uh, however, um, and, uh, the, you know the the child if if we have any dialogue in it while they're thinking or feeling that they want to uh, have all this change because they feel like they're a man trapped in a woman's body etc uh-huh. is is that they said listen listen don't react overreact because they said on national sociological statistics said many young people by the time they grow and come up through pu- puberty 75 percent have uh have uh, come to a resolution or change their mind yeah. they don't feel like that anymore and he says we jump in in our politically correct society parents are jumping so quickly mm-hmm. over what a child says he feels or she feels and they said you know post puberty many do have same sex attraction they mm-hmm. said that's that continues uh, and, and, and and we deal with uh, you know open uh, you know your child of Christ uh, it, it, however you feel but we we cannot follow the court in terms of changing a, a church record.
0: Well, and I have a daughter who's 16, almost about 17. She's a junior in high school, and I can remember when she was five. So all of this gender stuff was just starting. And she was five, and she said, Mom, I'm not a girl. I'm a boy. And I was just like, <gasps> oh my gosh, what? You know, and I'm this, you know, supposed to be this perfect Catholic mother or whatever. Well, come to find out, my little five-year-old girl didn't want to play with the girl toys. She wanted the sword instead, you know? And so it was that simple. You know what I mean? And she was five. And sometimes it's just kids want to play with the other kids' toys. And it has, you know, and parents take it too seriously.
1: I I had a woman yesterday, uh, the, The young boy, uh he's uh five or six I don't know uh thinks the same thing and she found out that his older sister wore dresses and in the summertime it was so cool hanging around the house with the dress it was <laughs> a clingy jean pants on his yeah. and it was all about sensory perception of that was that was just a cooler more comfortable and, and she said so she just kind of lets it float yes. and, and let him go through this transition you know yeah. how many of us haven't felt adopted at one point in our childhood <laughs> I must be adopted <laughs> then we finally
0: and in our childhood I still do as an adult <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Eventually, we accept the reality of who we are.
0: <laughs> well, folks, thank you for calling in. We're kind of out of time this morning already, which is hard to believe. Um, but this segment is every morning um from 9 30 to 10 central time and so if you wanted to call in tomorrow with your question you have more than enough time yeah. to and father you mentioned something really interesting that you guys actually um you guys that's a polite way of saying priests <laughs> mm-hmm. actually had a meeting about this so this has well, become was, quite it, the issue it
1: was uh, 300 attendees dres okay. school principals catechists deacons uh, it was, uh, uh, it, there was only 60 deacons and priests present. Uh, the other 240 were lay people who are in the catechetical programs, religious education, Catholic yeah. schools, et cetera.
2: Okay. It's real. I mean, it's real. I, I'm from the Diocese of New Almond. we have ethical conferences that are talking about that. It's people need to be shepherded. You know, they want to know the answer, and, and um, if we're going to be silent on it, they're going to find the answer from secular society. And that Mm. is not oftentimes the best answer.
0: So then you kind of, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of bishops out there that are like, I can't believe we're discussing this (laughs) issue right now.
2: Actually, our bishop, John Lavore over in New Ulm, I think is one of the leaders of that. He's he's very dedicated towards that and and walking with people through that. But yeah, I'm sure at some point you're just going, what?
0: So I guess it's comforting for, you know, a layperson like me to know that these things are being talked about. Yeah. They're not being ignored by the church. The church isn't uh, just pretending it's not there. It's being discussed. And so go and seek answers if you have questions. And Real
2: Presence Radio has the presence of mind to say, hey, we're not going to ignore this question that was submitted to us on Facebook. Facebook. Uh-huh. We're going to take that on. And, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? It is. But our faith that's where the fruit of our faith is. And I think, you know, when you talk about confirmation and tapping somebody to be a soldier for Christ, this is part of the the trenches that we're in right now, yeah. this, this cultural battle. And so I admire Father Mike Wensing for coming in today. I admire you and your presence for bringing this to the forefront.
0: Yeah, let's have discussions about it. That's what I love about straight talk. Let's have discussions about it.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I want to, again, echo what, what Heather just said. Thank you for everybody who wrote in, called in, and submitted your questions. Again, this is a it goes from nine thirty central to ten o'clock approximately, Monday through Friday, that we do the straight talk segment.